All right, welcome to the new episode of The Unapologetic Truth with Joe Arrigo. Right now, we have Scott Winter, my boy, my partner, Scotty. How you doing, brother? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, what a crazy day, huh? Absolutely crazy. It's going to get crazier when I break some more news in a second. Big news before we started the show, Odell Beckham Jr. has been traded from the Giants to the Browns for a first, a third, and Jabril Peppers. That's a lot to give up for arguably one of the three most talented, four most talented receivers in the NFL. If any of you criticize what the Raiders gave up for Antonio Brown after the Browns gave up a one and three in Peppers, the Raiders gave up a three of five and gave Antonio Brown more money than he rightfully deserved and he earned, you're crazy. Great deal for the Raiders. I'm not saying it's a bad deal for the Browns because the Browns put themselves in a position now to not just win the division, but make a run in the playoffs. You got to be happy if you're a Browns fan. Scotty, how do you feel about this deal so far? You know, if we're talking about the Brown deal, they absolutely fleeced Pittsburgh. It just shows you the power that a player has. And I think a lot of player, a lot of, a lot of fans are saying, well, you know, they didn't pay Khalil Mack. Why are they now paying other players? If you think about it, Khalil Mack quietly pulled the same kind of thing that Brown did. The Raiders offered him three times the top money for a defensive player in the NFL, and they were rejected. And it got around until Joel Siegel said, you know what, my boy's going to sit out for the season if he doesn't get more money than Aaron Donald. I think that was the straw that broke the camel's back. But again, I'm pointing out that fact because players right now seem to have a little bit more power and they're using it if they've got the talent. We see that with Brown and now we're seeing it with Odell Beckham Jr., which by the way, I am very glad that Dorsey is no longer in the division because that GM has got the Browns nightmare almost ending. He's got the whole AFC looking Brown right now, the way he's doing things. And in that division, when you really look at it, Pittsburgh has Ben Roethlisberger, Juju Smith, Connor, and who? The Cincinnati Bengals. They're going to be a dumpster fire just like they were prior to Marvin Lewis. Let's be honest. And then when he flipped to Baltimore, you have my boy Baker Mayfield and my boy Lamar Jackson, who I absolutely love, by the way. Who are you going to have more faith in to run your offense at this point? Baker or Lamar? It's easily Baker. Cleveland has put themselves in position, like I said, not only to win that division, but make a run in the playoffs. And I got some news right here, Scott. I'm glad you brought up Cleo Mack. I want to talk about that. I'm glad it's me and you talking about it. News right now from Ian Rappaport. The Chiefs are in deep talks with the 49ers on a trade for D Ford, the star pass rusher. Things have escalated that it could get done by the end of the night tonight. Ford needs to work out a new contract with San Francisco, which is a big piece to it. Another warhead is leaving Kansas City, it looks like, after they cut Justin Houston. The Chiefs aren't going to be the same team. The Raiders, again, are in a good position to really make a run in this division. I know the Chargers are still there, but I think the Chargers are going to regress a little bit. If the Raiders can go ahead and add a couple pieces, Le'Veon Bell, stir up that defense in the draft, maybe add one more defensive player in free agency, the Raiders could be in a position to compete for that division right now. I think Gruden and Mayock see that, and they're going for it right now. Well, absolutely. I mean, you take a look, and 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 I know a lot of fans, you know, uh, you know, are, are upset at Reggie, and of course Reggie's out the door, and rightfully so. It was time for him to move on. But when he inherited this team, he inherited 120 million dollars in dead cap space and no first and second round draft pick. When he was asked out the door, he left the Raiders this season with over 70 million starting cap and four 
top 35 picks. Think about this. That has given the Raiders, Mike Mayock and John Gruden, the opportunity. I'm not saying it's going to be a good idea or a bad idea. There's pros and cons with everything. But instead of taking that patient, conservative approach to rebuilding the team with the draft picks this next couple of years, they're using this turbocharge their rebuild and they're buying a turnkey offense that is the biggest thing they looked at what the chiefs did they looked at what los angeles did the rams and they're saying you know what we're not going to get all the pieces together this year but if we can get that offense absolutely humming if we can score points we could be competitive because damn kc was one play from the super bowl and their defense, statistically, was worse than the Raiders. That's very true. And that's why Bob Sutton is looking for a job right now or out of a job in Kansas City. And they revamped things. Now, you brought up Khalil Mack earlier. And this is the only time for me I'm ever going to bring up the Khalil Mack trade going forward. Because you know what? You cannot get it back. What's done is done. Move on from it, Raider Nation. Signing and trading for Antonio Brown has nothing to do with Khalil Mack. Signing... Trent Brown has nothing to do with Khalil Mack. Possibly, potentially, we'll see what happens after this podcast is done. Signing Le'Veon Bell has nothing to do with Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack and the Raiders entered in negotiations way before last season. In fact, Scott, you and I were at the groundbreaking for the stadium. I spoke to Raiders officials there. They already started negotiations at that time. We just didn't report it because it was off the record at the moment. Yeah. It got to the point. So where it was the Friday before, and the Raiders offered him $90 million, $20 million guaranteed. Yeah. That I right think it was there, actually more than guaranteed. I, th- I thought it was more than $20 million guaranteed, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. That was, that, yeah. was, that was what they had offered him to kind of, okay, this is where we are. Let's see if we can negotiate. I want 23. Okay, they went as high, Scott. You and I talked about this privately. Over $21 million. Yeah. That still wasn't good enough for Siegel and Mac. They did threaten to no. sit out the year. We're not coming to camp. We're not going to play a game until we get a deal that's bigger than Aaron Donald's. At that point, it was Mark Davis who yeah. went to John Gruden, went to Reggie McKenzie and said, look, guys, if they're not playing ball, we have to make a decision to move on from somebody. And that's what they did. They made that decision to move on from Khalil Mack. They traded him to a team. They had a second-year quarterback. The offense was suspect. They thought that was the best deal for them to get high draft picks. Who would have told them the Bears were going to have as good a year as they did? No one would have told you that. They would have made a deal if they'd have known Green Bay was going to be one of the worst teams in and pick 12th overall. They would have made that trade. But what people fail to realize is whatever team Khalil Mack got traded to, they were going to be better. Yeah. No matter what, they were going to be better. So if Khalil Mack is here now, could they have traded for Antonio Brown? Maybe. Would they have? Possibly. But the reality is he's not. So move on from it. It's over. It's time to look forward, not back. Well, the, and the last thing that I'll, I'll say about it, you know, on, on this show is you take a look at what happened when, when Le'Veon Bell is forcing his way out of uh, Pittsburgh. Okay. You know, he set out, they had an opportunity to get a deal. They're not getting anything for him. He's gone with Brown. They're getting a third and a fifth. Okay. Now, granted, the Raiders third and the fifth is more like a second and a fourth. It's that close. But the reality is that is a Hall of Fame player, and that's all they're getting. You take a look at the deal with uh, OBJ today. It's not a lot. I mean, yeah, they're, they're getting they're getting your Bill Preppers. He's a good player, and they're getting a first-round pick. That's great. But take a look at uh, what the Raiders got for Khalil Mack. They did not have this pressure-filled situation 
right, you know, right when everybody's going on the market and having their value go down, they got the absolute best value they could possibly get for him in the two first round picks at that time. It, it's really kind of compare it and you go, well, you know, the Raiders actually might have worked this out, even though the Bears did go on, you know, and, and have a tremendous season. It is what it is, obviously, but the Bear, the Raiders didn't look so bad, actually. And I'm going to fast forward to this Odell Beckham trade. And what people don't understand with this trade, I'm going to talk about it from a different perspective and how it affects the Raiders. Odell Beckham and Juice Landry are best friends. They've been best friends since college. Do you know who their positional coach is? His name is Adam Henry. You know what he did for a living prior to coming to the Browns? He was the LSU wide receiver coach for them. They've got the band back together. If you don't think those guys are going to be pumped to play with each other, on the same team in Cleveland, you got a whole nother thing coming. Now, how does this affect the Raiders? I'm going to tell you how it affects the Raiders. Hypothetically speaking, and I'm speaking in hypotheticals, the Giants, we all know, need and want a quarterback. Gettleman has made it very clear that he has no problem drafting a guy in the first round, having him sit behind Eli Manning for a year to let him develop and go forward. Raiders are sitting there at four, and let's say the first pick is Kyler Murray. Let's say the second pick is Quinnian Williams. Let's say the third pick is Nick Bosa. Now you're at the fourth pick and you have Josh Allen, but you have teams coming up that are quarterback needy. Jacksonville, yeah, they signed Nick Foles, but they can still develop a guy for two years. You can sit back and look at teams like Denver, teams like Washington, teams that need quarterbacks, right? The Giants are sitting there at six. Giants make a phone call and say, hey, we'll give you six and 17 for number four. If you're the Raiders, do you do that? Oh, you got to. I get a lot of people are going to say, you know, Allen and, and you got to get that rush, but you don't turn down six and 17 for, for two spots when you know no. you're only giving up one spot because the Giants would be taking a quarterback. And I agree 100% with you. Now they take Haskins. That means was it Jacksonville? They take Allen. Guess who you can take at, at six? Devin White. You take the, you take the middle linebacker that can get sideline to sideline that could be the face of your defense and be the guy that's the tone setter. And then you come back at 17, and you could take a Montez Sweat if he's available, a Cleveland Farrell if he's available. You could take Greedy Williams if it's my man from Georgia, if it's Byron Murphy from Washington, who I think is going to be the first corner off the board. Now you reshape your team, and you're able to win games going forward long term. Yeah, I mean, you can go out, you can go after that premium tight end, you know, that everybody's talking about because there's two good ones, you know, that are probably going to go in the first round. You, you could also. If you miss on the guy that you wanted to get, if that guy on the board and there's really nobody within four or five guys on your board, you can also parlay that and, and roll it up and trade down, pick up some more picks. Because the way I look at this draft, I see 2013 written all over it. Now, I'm not talking about the top end because the top end is loaded, but so's round two. Day two is loaded like, like 2013 was. 2013, Le'Veon Bell came in the, in, in day two. And there were more players that are starting in the NFL right now that came on day two and day three in 2013 than there was in the first, first round, which is really abnormal. You know, usually all your talents up top, but it was a real weird draft. This one defensively and offensive line wise, there are guys that are going to slip into day two late into day two that could have gone in the first round in other years. No, absolutely. I don't disagree with you on that. And and the NFL is a league that when one person makes a move, another one makes a move. If you don't think this is stuff that they have known and been talking about for a while, and I have the text messages to prove it. A week and a half ago, Kalen Sokol from uh, uh, Spinning Silver and Black, he and I were texting. It's like, yeah, you know, it. they have a chance to, they're, they're talking for OBJ. The Browns are. 
And you seen last week on was it Thursday or Friday? I was I texted our in our group chat everybody that does the podcast about Antonio Brown and and how things are looking and what what's rumored to be you know what's rumored to be going back and forth. We're in the same group chat. I'm, I'm we're talking about Le'Veon Bell and what potentially is going to happen there. Uh, we'll know tonight supposedly. It's not like people don't have these conversations in NFL circles. So they people knew that. The Browns really wanted to get Odell Beckham. You don't think John Gruden and Mike Mack are sitting there and thinking, hey, we can add a couple more. We can have one more first-round pick because they're going to want it. They're going to want a quarterback, and we're going to be the spot that everybody's going to want to come get it. So you really, if you're a Raiders fan, you want Kyler Murray going number one. You definitely want that. It would be the ideal situation for the Raiders and Giants to marry up, trade back a couple spots, pick up that one, and people say, oh, you there's no way they're giving up two ones. There's no way you accept anything less because now you're risking Jacksonville taking Haskins. So the Raiders are in a position of power right now. And I think that's a good thing for the Raiders and John Gruden. Well, and even if, and even if that's that, let's say that six and 17 is a little rich, you still have that nice little fourth round pick you picked up, you know, 117. You can package that up and say, oh, you know what? Fine. You know what? I, I get you here. We'll throw you a fourth. For that now, for that one. Now you're, okay, that's a, you know, you're, you're adding to the value to it if you have to. But the thing that I like about this, see, 49ers had an opportunity, I believe, from what I've heard, 49ers had an opportunity to make it, make a play for OBJ and flip picks with the Giants, you know, go two to six, six to and, 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 and John Lynch wouldn't do that. Lynch was just like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not comfortable, you know, giving up that second spot. So I think they have who they want to have could be Nick Bosa, could be, could be, uh, uh, Q, but they, they're really locked in on, 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 on their guy at that position. So I don't see the 49ers moving one iota because they had a chance. It, it, from what I've heard, they had a chance to get OBJ and just move back four spots and they wouldn't do it. So, um, I think it puts the Raiders in a fantastic position. I, I do believe that the Raiders are going to use this draft capital to, to not only just slam a lot of great young, uh, prospects on their defense um, and sprinkle some on the offense, of course, but 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 mostly defense. But I also believe that they're going to uh, turn some of those into some top 100 picks later on. But but you know, multiple. I I feel that that right now they have four top 100 picks. They're basically the top 35, four in the top 35. I feel like at the end of the day, they could have six picks in the top 100. But if they make if if the Giants want to move up. That all, that all of a sudden gets them five in the top 35. And, you know, and it, it, they could have seven in the top 100 by the end of the day, or even eight. It just depends on how they decide to move this around. And with the depth of this draft, that's the key to this whole turbocharging, uh, the, the rebuild. This whole, let's put this offense together. Let's wrap everything we can around the car. And that also serves the other purpose that my, Mike Mayock said, what at the combine and when he took over the team as GM he said look to properly evaluate Carr we have to surround him with talent if you put that in the in your head and you say look we've got one year to find out what this guy is made of because we might have to make a decision in 2020 while they got that other extra pick that if Carr isn't their guy they've got they got to be able to package up something and get a quarterback so you got to find out right now. This year, we're going to put everything around him. We're going to load the we're going to load the bases, and we're going to put Carr in the batter's box. And 
he's either going to hit a grand slam or he's going to strike out. And if he strikes out, they they at least have the ability to move in 2020, you know, with that extra draft, first round draft pick. I want to talk about something you just brought up in just a minute. But what we're going to do first is we got to pay some bills. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come on back. And I'll tell you, Scott, what you said about car that makes a lot of sense. Listening to the Unapologetic Truth of Joe Rigo with today's guest, Scott Winter, on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network, powered by SB Nation. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to The Unapologetic Truth with Joe Arrigo. Today, I have Scott Winter with me. We're talking Raiders, as always. And Scott, you brought up Derek Carr, and this is an evaluation period. I think this. This is the make-or-break year for, for D.C., I think that this is the year that it's put up or shut up. They got the left tackle that he sorely needed. Now, you look at Carr, he has a legit number one receiver with A.B. Jordy yep. Nelson, we'd be going against the team's second best corner, which means he's going to be single covered the entire time because they're going to roll coverage to A.B. side. Let's say they do re-sign Jared Cook, which is a priority for them. You got Cookie out there. Now he's going to have single coverage. Now you have weapons in the offense that allows Derek Carr to flourish. As hot as the seat is for Derek Carr for this season, the person that has the most heat on him this year is the cable guy, Tom Cable, and that offensive line. You cannot have your quarterback on the deck 52 times like he did last year. Oh, well, you know, there's also that. And John Gruden really likes what Tom Cable brings to the table. He really likes what his scheme and how he puts things together. And that showed in the in the fact that, that Cable got Colton Miller, uh, Cable got uh, Parker. You know, and, and I know a lot of people are like, you know, with with the signing of, of, of the other Brown. <laughs> what what can Brown do for you this year, Raiders? Uh, the other Brown, Trent Brown, uh, saying, well, you know, we, we got these guys last year, you know, and now we got Trent Brown. Well, look, you know, the Raiders had no tackle that they hadn't drafted those two guys because they were beat up. But... Yeah, you've got to, you know, you've now you've given him talent. Now his, his his talent has got to perform. I mean, I can see them sliding um, Jackson back over to left left guard and put yep. him good in. You know, since Mongo's moved on, and I, you know, I'm a, that's a, just kind of a sad day for me. I, I like Mongo. I thought maybe the Raiders would come come to a deal. I know Gruden liked him, but obviously not enough. They, they, you know, they money wise, they wanted but, him. You know, they wanted him. Yeah. But Buffalo, Buffalo paid him, and you can't knock yeah. the dude. I, I think I think Parker's maybe got to slide into right guard. I don't. I, I know you said good, but I think it's going to be Parker. He's a swing guy, and then if that's the case, you have you have Parker that can slide in. Let's say hypothetically, um, your boy Colton Miller goes down, you can put Good in that guard, and you slide Parker back over to the right tackle spot. Right. I mean, you know, and, and that's that's why you've got that extra tackle. And I have been saying that for months that they're going to bring somebody in. I figured they would draft somebody, not not go into free agency, but obviously they love Trent Brown. And what he could do, and and I've looked at, you know, I've went back and looked at some of those tapes. It's been sound like, okay, I I see it, I get it, you know. And you have to protect the car. And and something Ron Wolf said a long time ago, and it resonated with Nick Foles, and it resonated with with a few other people. If a guy has shown that he can be great, 
then he can do it again. It doesn't matter if the, if, if it's a few seasons removed. A guy who has shown to be great has it in him to be great again. You saw that with Nick Foles. Everybody wrote him off. And then in a cloud of dust, boom, he's, he's a Super Bowl MVP. And I told everybody then, I said, you know, that's the Ron Wolf saying. If the guy could be great once and he had that great season, he can be great again. So Derek Carr had that great season, you know, until disaster struck on Christmas. You have to see if you can replicate that again. And how do you replicate that? You give him all the weapons. You protect him because the Raiders defense was pretty bad then too. But the difference was the difference that year, just like with the Chiefs, they were a bad defense last year, but they were opportunistic. They flipped the script on uh, on getting the turnovers. They had the big turnovers. They pressured the quarterback. Well, the Raiders defense is bad. Hopefully they will get those guys that are young, fast, quick on that defense. They, they've got some real good guys to work around. Garen Conley's great, you know, and and if they picked up Joyner, who I think is going to be a very versatile guy that goes to the slot, goes slides out to free safety, goes back to the slot. You know, I like uh, Worley. I think uh, second year in the system is going to be better. I think Nick Nelson's going to get better. I believe that Cujo really started hitting his stride, man, um, right there towards the end of the season. If he can build on that, boom, your secondary is really looking pretty good. Now you just have to have your linebacker core which there's some there's some promise there and your defensive line which there's some promise there the cupboard is not empty and you sprinkle in four studs top 100 prospects on that side of the ball I, I think you can get back to that situation where you have a turnkey offense and that you've got a young hungry defense looking to prove itself well i got breaking news right now the chiefs have agreed to trade d4 to the 49ers for a 2020 second round pick so the AFC West has lost another warhead in D Ford. Justin Houston's right now no longer a part of the AFC West. Big days, big moves going on prior to uh, the start of free agency starting tomorrow. Scott, I'm gonna I'm gonna point this out about Tom Cable. Um, obviously he got the job. I was told by a source that I trust implicably. A finalist for the position to have the offensive line coach is a, a guy who was offensive line coach in Atlanta. He coached at UNLV. He uh, built the Fresno State program, Pat Hill. He was a finalist for the job. And I'm biased maybe because I know Coach Hill. I would have given the job to Coach Hill before I gave it to Tom Cable. Well, it, it, you know, Tom Cable wasn't available when they started searching. That's, I mean, if, if everybody remembers correctly, you know, they started searching. They, they, had, they had interviews lined up and they were ready to go one direction. And then Seattle fired Cable and John Gruden did an immediate about face. And, and went and hired him that, that he might regret that <laughs> he might regret that. Uh, and Tom Cable, of course, you know, like I said, just like you said, he's on the hot seat this year and you could bring a hill in next season. It's possible. The thing is, is this team is generating so much buzz, so much energy and so much excitement, especially, you know, you're going to go into 2020 and you're going to go in that brand new stadium down there. It's going to be real grass. It's going to be, it's, it, it's going to be electrifying it's going to be gorgeous stadium it's going to have that beautiful view of the strip from when you open up the doors and if they go in there with a team that pushed for you know challenged for a playoff spot or made the playoffs as a wild card or or even better yet challenged for the division i mean we're talking long shots here of course again again we're talking about vegas right long shots so you know it's possible you get that kind of momentum going for you to there uh, they can hire anybody they want to at that point. I mean, f free agents are going to be dropping their dra uh, dropping their drawers to come to the, to the Raiders. Coaches are going to be coming, you know, wanting to 
you know, can I get a little bit of some of that, that Raiders action in Vegas? It is so exciting. It's so electrifying. They're going to be a buzz for a while. And if they start winning, really, really winning, they put this team together. And with Mike Mayock selecting your talent, looking at your free agent talent, looking at your, at your draft talent and, and pairing that with John Gruden, his offensive mind. Yeah. Last year was rough, but you know, let's take a mulligan on that. I promise you. John Gruden's coming out of this gate swinging. He's caught up to speed. It, it is it's really an exciting time. Speaking of him swinging, I think the thing that, that really makes a lot of sense is the fact that the Raiders are still in it for Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell ex- was expected to be signed by somebody really quick yesterday, and that didn't happen. So he tweets out something to the effect like, this is his decisions. I'm so torn right now. There was about four teams last night, I can say them now, was the Colts, the Ravens, the Jets, and the Raiders that felt really strongly about getting in with them. And then the Bears kind of entered the fray today after they restructured Khalil Mack's deal, and then that's not really an option. Now, the longer this goes on, the better it is for the Raiders because the Ravens are moving on to Mark Ingram. The Colts said they're just not, they're not, they don't want, they don't want any part of them now. So the Colts bowed out. So that leaves the Jets who are really nervous since Anthony Barr reneged on the deal that he had with them. He agreed to yesterday. It took pretty much less money to go back to Minnesota. And then you have the Raiders sitting there, sitting pretty, sitting back to saying, you know what? We're good. Come on, come on over and play with AB. Come on over and play with DC. Come on over. And from what I've been told by sources is Bell really wants to go to the Raiders. He wants the deal to come close to where the Jets have offered and the Jets dev put a deadline on for tonight. So we'll know sometime this evening as we record this on the 12th. It's uh, 52 after the 5 o'clock hour on the West Coast. We'll know sometime tonight whether or not Le'Veon Bell is going to choose the Raiders, the Jets, or another team. Because there, there may be another team with that price drops enough that goes in and swoops them up. Yeah. You know, you look at the process, though, and, and it's something I, I, I noted with, with the Antonio Brown situation. The Raiders set a price and they went in with the, with, with the third and they said, we're going to give a, we'll give you 66. And that got him in the door to talk to Antonio Brown, but the Steelers didn't want to do it. The Steelers would take the, I mean, they, they, they lost their marbles. They thought they could get more for him. And the Raiders just waited patiently. We got 66. We got 66. And eventually the Steelers came back around and said, okay, fine. You know, you can go ahead and talk to Brown, but you know, we need a little something, something. That's where the fifth round pick came in. Hey, okay, fine. We'll, 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 We'll give you a little something, something on the side. But the thing was, was the Raiders were patient. They, they were patient. They didn't overspend for what they were in their mind were willing to spend for not only for the player add to the player, but to the team in compensation. They're doing the same thing with Le'Veon Bell. They put out a number that they're comfortable with. You know, it's got a little wiggle room and they can, they can do a little bit here, a little bit there. Plus they can load it up for that 2020, 21, 21 season, make it bigger there. But. They're being patient. You notice they're not, they've been in these, these discussions for a while. And they're just like, look, you want to come play, play with us and we're good. If you choose to take higher money, go somewhere else, fine. But you know what? We feel we have a competitive offer. We feel like this is a destination you want to play. We got your boy AB here. We're going to do something great. And this is not, you know, we're, we're not here to tank. We're here to win and look at the moves that we're making. We have a competitive offer and we're going to be patient with it. And that's what I see the Raiders doing again with Le'Veon Bell. If they get him, great. If they don't get him, at least you see the process. You can trust that process that 
They're going to be patient about it. Absolutely. And that's the way they should go. They should be patient. When the brand trust is putting together this team, you're looking at a group of guys that are football junkies. They're looking for football junkies. And look, you can say what you want about Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, that he sat out last year because he said, hey, you know what? I need to get paid. I'm not going to get my brains beat by this team that doesn't appreciate me. What he's doing, he knows where he wants to go. Now it's just a matter of, do I want to pull the trigger and go with my boy, like where AB's at, or do I want to go to the Jets with the young quarterback? Yeah, it's, it's New York. I don't blame Bell for taking his time. I don't think he's doing it on purpose, though. I believe that the money he thought that was going to be there is not there. And he's now, I don't want to say he's worried about it, but I think that he is somewhat concerned that this situation, money-wise, he's got to kind of go out there and prove it again on the field for at least two or three years to get another big payday. That's my instinct. And I think it's the best fit for him, too, is with the Raiders. He fits John Gruden's system to a T. Gruden wants him. Mayock wants him. They don't have a problem with him. This is going to be a very interesting few hours until Le'Veon Bell signs. By the way, I'm going to just put this out there right now because I know I got asked this by somebody on Twitter. They asked me about Earl Thomas and the Raiders. You brought it up to me as well privately. Look for Earl Thomas to end up in Cleveland. Mm, that's interesting. That, again, Dorsey, man, I'm just glad he's not in, in KC anymore. I think that's the dumbest thing that they ever did was move on from, from Dorsey uh, because I, I you know, well, can't say nothing nice. Say Don't say anything at all. <laughs> he's well, amazing. Gonna, he's doing nah, amazing things for Cleveland. <laughs> I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to give my girl, Josenia Anderson, love. She, I think she's top three in the game doing this. She guys the numbers to D Ford's new contract with the 49ers. Five years, $87.5 That's crazy. Well, I mean, but you know what? Well, you can't knock them for it. Look at what they paid, um, um, oh boy, out of, out of New England. He got $18 million a year, $90 million. $90 million. Right now, it is, it is a defensive end starved free agency people are going to get paid i mean you know so there's that one other thing that you mentioned you know you, you start having these doubts and you take a look at Le'Veon bell you start getting into the mind of the player i mean when you start really questioning the money and this that and the other you start questioning everything i mean you question what what's going to be a better fit do i want to do i want to live in new jersey new york area or do i want to live in vegas do i want to play on that turf at 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 at, at met life do i want to play on that Turf in the winter where it gets slick and I can, I can lose a knee and this, that, and the other. What do I want to play on natural grass? These are thoughts that are going through his head. Now, I mean, and, and if you're, because they're human, they're, it's not just about the money. I know I get, you know, a lot of players are like, you know what? Pay me. I don't care where I go. I'll play in Siberia. If the money's there, I'm going there. But I believe that Bell, who was patient enough to wait a whole year <laughs> to sit out a whole year. And, you know, of course, which the Jets are now making him give, given a deadline, which, the dude waited a whole year to get paid. A deadline's a bad idea with him. But, you know, you think about more cerebral things than just a few hundred thousand dollars here or there. You think about what's it going to be like living there? How am I going to perceive? Am I going to be a star in New York, a little fish in a big pond? Or am I going to be a big fish in a small pond in, in Vegas? Because you know that Brown and Bell, the killer bees, will own Vegas. Because Derek Carr's not going to be that guy. He's not going to go. I mean, he's, he's, he's a, he's a fantastic gospel loving guy, but you want splash. Bell and Brown are splash. They will own that town. They will, they, I mean, it will, uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? 
That was the big misnomer regarding Antonio Brown was the fact that people really thought like thought that this dude was a bad dude and he was a troublemaker. He's never been oh, in trouble. Oh, boy. <laughs> no. He got a speeding ticket. Mike Tomlin, he goes out and suspends him for the game, the final game of the season. That wasn't A.B. saying, I don't want to play. It was him telling the team, look, can I just take a couple of days off of practice this week to let my body heal a little bit? There was a disconnect with the organization and Antonio Brown. And I think what ended up happening, the organization chose the quarterback over the receiver. Right. And I'm not getting into whatever reasons they may or may not have had, but they literally said, okay, we're taking our quarterback over the receiver and we're going to get rid of the receiver. That That's pretty much what it is. He doesn't want him here, so we're going to get rid of him. Well, take a look at this is three players now in the last two years. I mean, I'm not saying Martavis Bryant was a core player, but he was definitely their number two guy there. And he had issues. And you could chalk up, uh, chalk that up to, well, obviously he has, he has a, you know, substance abuse problem, you know, and alcohol is, is a big deal with him and take a look, you know, he's, he's out indefinitely now. Okay. That, that's a one off. Sure. Well, what happened with Bell? Bell. Okay. He, you know, he, he gets a, in a trouble a little bit with, with, you know, the, 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 the weed, lay off the weed, but, other than that, he's 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 a stand-up guy. He works hard. He he goes in there. He is a winner. He's got a winner mentality. He will get it done. And now he has a problem and he's setting out because he feels like he's taking too much abuse both physically and mentally. Then you go, okay, well, maybe, maybe, you know, okay, maybe he's he's he, he's a prima donna. We can see that. Now you got Brown. John Gruden said he worked his workout. And his work ethic were, were better than Jerry Rice's. And he wasn't yeah. lying. And I, I love Jerry Rice. I respect Jerry Rice. I, I see him and I see him in sweetness as guys that, that raise the bar. Um, when I say sweetness, I mean Walter Payton. For those of you who don't yeah. know, raise the bar on work ethic. You know what I mean? I mean, they trained and worked and trained and they were going to be the best and they already had the best talent but they wanted to have the best mind the best body the best will and it showed and they're you know in the hall of fame and take a look at what happened today i mean brown flew out to oakland today to just play catch with Derek carr get to know the staff and i i, I say that jokingly but to get to work with Derek carr let's start this now that's the work ethic so you got these three guys were they the problem or is something else the problem? And yeah, choosing, choosing your quarterback is you got to do that. Usually when you're, you know, you're talking about a, a franchise, they got to stick with their quarterback, but their quarterback has threatened to quit, resign the last three seasons, you know, but I have a feeling, well, I, I have a feeling and I didn't hear none of this from nobody. This is my own personal feeling. I have a feeling they had to make the move on Brown because somebody whispered in somebody's ear and said, either him or me. Oh, no, I think that, That's think my that guess. goes without saying. That goes without saying. Uh, I think most people around the league will say the same thing. I wouldn't be surprised if after they played catch tonight and worked out a little bit, Carr and, and AB, if they went and had dinner and just happened to run into Mike Mack and John Gruden having dinner. I'm just saying. No. That way there could, they they there bumped could, into each other? Amazing. I mean, they can always they can always wow. go across the bay to San Francisco's, to Little Italy, and eat a Mona Lisa's, the best Italian food in San Francisco, in my opinion. Then go over there and oh, John, Mike, what are you doing here? How you doing? How you doing? Hey, let's sit down and talk since 
Tomorrow at 1.30, we have our press conference. I'm just saying that, that stuff like that happens in the NFL. Stuff like that happens all the time when it comes down to these types of moves. And I've never questioned Antonio Brown's work ethic. I've never questioned him, period. In fact, I've said this the last few years. When it comes to receivers in the NFL, you got Brown and you have Julio Jones is 1A and 1B. Pick your poison on who you want. Then you have Odell Beckham, barring health, is the guy technically is a technician at wide receiver. Then you have Devontae Adams, another technician at wide receiver who's in the top four or five. Cass to be mentioned in the same group for everything he does. Then you have Nukes down in Houston, Mike Thomas in New Orleans. And then I think there's kind of a drop-off of, of elite, elite wide receivers. But when you look at it, it's always Antonio Brown or Julio Jones. That comes from working your tail off. All those guys have an amazing work ethic. They all love, they, they're passionate about what they do. For Brown to come to the Raiders, and if he is the piece of the puzzle that helps bring Le'Veon Bell over, that's opening the floodgates for the Raiders to go on a really big run, especially once they get to Vegas, because there is no honeymoon period after the Golden Knights went to the Stanley Cup Finals. This is literally the Raiders saying, we're going to try to compete this year. But in 2020, yep. we're going for it. Well, yeah, but I mean, they want. To, I mean, if they could, if they go, if they could make it this year, they're going to want to make it this year. I mean, it's like it's, it is. It is just. It is very similar to the Golden Knights. Put together the team, and and let's hope we got some synergy. Let's hope we got some chemistry. Um, and you know, we're going to make a run this year. We want to. We want to cruise into Vegas. You know, being the talk of the town. We don't want to. We don't want to build this you know, going into Vegas, we wanted to do it now. One other thing that you said, and and just me personally, because he reminds me so much of Tim Brown, is I think DeAndre Hopkins, and I know you, you brought him up, I think he's 1C. The man has never really had that prolific quarterback. Watson is really starting to to become that guy. But DeAndre Hopkins has put up numbers after numbers and amazing catches and whatnot. And I can't think of all the quarterbacks he's had over the last few years. But that's just, that's just yeah. me throwing him as 1C. I get what you're saying. DeAndre Hopkins, he, he hasn't had a great quarterback. I tend to think Deshaun Watson is that guy. I tend to think yeah, that. Yeah, I was that saying he, that he's getting it know, now. He, but early on, yeah, when you have Matt Schwab as your quarterback, that's a problem. And Raider fans know that, right? You know what I'm saying? We got Schwab Mr. in there pick and six. what? Exactly. They call him two pick because he throws two picks a game. <laughs> two so, pick sixes. <laughs> two pick sixes a game. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it is what oh, it is, man. right? I mean, at the end of the day, man, look, I look at it like this. Antonio Brown coming to the Raiders, it signifies what John Gruden said last year when taking the job. People want to come be a Raider. They see what's going on. They're, if you don't think players are excited about going to Vegas, I can tell you, people on the last coaching staff, their wives were excited about Vegas that were at the league meeting that, for relocation. Their wives and certain coaches on that staff were looking forward to coming to Vegas because they thought they were going to be here. I think everybody did at one point. Yeah. It's going to suck to right. leave the Bay. But at the end of the day, how can you not be excited to go to Vegas where you have your new stadium, your new facility? The last thing I'm going to say about this, and, and, and this is something that, you know, that you know, touching on what you said about players wanting to come play for the Raiders. It wasn't too long ago that the Raiders were the boogeyman that agents would use to scare other teams into signing their guys. This year, the Raiders, when you hear the Raiders mention with the team, Nine times out of 10, they're seriously talking to them. I got, you know, the bell thing. I mean, the, the Antonio Brown thing. Great. I heard, you know, I, I heard whispers all through that process. 
10 minutes before Ian Rappaport reported um, that the Raiders were really looking at Trent Brown, you know, I got somebody say, hey, Trent Brown, keep an eye on him. I'm like, you know, from one of my guys, when that news, you say they're really looking at that situation, Rappaport. A lot of people were like, oh, it's the Raiders. You're hearing, you know, they're the boogeyman. You're, you know, we're going to be associated with everybody because we got all this money. And I put a, a tweet out and I said, you know, I'm not saying the Raiders get Brown and or don't. And it's Trent Brown. I said, but this is serious. I said, you know, the Raiders, this is a serious situation. The Raiders are talking to him, you know, because that's what I had heard. And that's what that's that. And it happened. And then you hear, you know, you hear smoke with, with Lay Van Bell, you hear smoke with, with, with Joyner. Just if you hear the name, you know, the Raiders are with somebody, it's not necessarily a smoke screen. Now I get that it's the lying season. I get that, but the Raiders aren't being used. They're not the Jets this year, sadly. And I feel bad for the Jets fans because it sucks to be that or the Bills who are, you know, who are the big boogeyman sometimes too, because they're, you know, NFL Siberia, but the Jets are really getting played hard this year. Uh, uh, and it's not the Raiders anymore. That's a change. That, and that's a positive change. And it's because of John Gruden and, and, and bringing in Mike Mayock and the excitement that they bring, the energy. At the end of the day, you can't, when you have that excitement and that want to be there, that, that's extremely important to players. They got to want to come to work. And I want to end this misnomer too. If you think the Raiders don't have money, you must not know they got a check for 200, you're getting a check for $225 million at the start of the new, the league new year. Like, if you don't, if you don't think they have money to spend, that's what that TV money goes to. And that doesn't include their ticket sales. That doesn't include their, all the impair. They're getting $225 million deposited. More than that. At midnight their time tonight. Well, well, yeah, but I'm just saying that, that's the money, that's the money from the TV. That's just the TV side of the money. No, I mean they got the Packers got two fifty five last year according to the Packers, two fifty five. No, well then, they, they, well I don't yeah, watch two twenty five. So over two hundred yeah, million dollars. Yeah. Okay, yeah, lots of we'll money. say that cash and ash. Hey, but they're broke. They got to take out loans they're to broke. pay people, right? They're broke. Yep. Real quick, uh, Adam Silverstein, uh, he's reporting Earl Thomas and the Browns in discussion on a three year deal that'll bring them to Cleveland. So there you go. Um, you know, Dorsey, I said that man. earlier in the show. Dorsey. That's big. I, I probably would give up real peppers for Earl Thomas, too. That's there you, know, you go. Saying. You know, there you so. Go. That's, that, and right. that's how Dorsey works. Boom. He's got a plan and oh, a plan yeah. and a plan. Love, I love Dorsey. Glad he's not a Casey. I, I could just hear him saying, hey, hey, buddy boy. Want to be a Cleveland Brown, Odell Beckham, huh? Well, buddy boy, you're going to catch all some Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Doing oh his bubblicious. Yep. <laughs> yep. Hey, I would say this, too. I would, I really am interested in who's going to be in hard knocks this year because I think it will be either the Raiders, and I kind of wish it was the Browns again. One of the two. I think that would be really cool, especially if the Labors get Raiders are able to land Le'Veon Bell. For them, for them, that would be a really cool idea for them to, to to the final year in Oakland and, and you see the preparation on everything going on there and get ready to leave. But then also having A, B, and Bell and DC and whoever else they sign, or in the, not to mention who they draft in Oakland. And then and, and in Cleveland right now, I mean, come on, if you can sign Earl Thomas, you already traded for OBJ to put with Landry and Baker Mayfield. You have Nick Chubb there. I mean, and, and Kareem Hunt as well. I mean, you're fully, fully loaded. That would make a lot of sense. They're loaded. So, and that defense is tough, too. 
absolutely that defense is going to be a monster so on that note brother that's going to be the end of the first unapologetic truth with myself joe arigo today we have scott winter on i appreciate him give scott a follow scott what's your twitter handle scott underscore winter nfl and you know we've got the uh silver and black turf show on sb nation as a uh, as our podcast so we're excited about that too and my boy nick hamilton tuesday the new q a with your boy q and myself will be on uh the silver and black pride podcast network powered by sb nation so you'll have a, that we'll have a special guest recording artist tq huge raider fan huge sports fan and he's the guy that'll tell you all about the moves that the raiders have been making why they're going to be successful and if not he'll tell you to shut the hell up but this is the unapologetic truth i'm joe arrigo for scott winter we thank you so much for joining us have a great day